There's no way out I've got to show them what I've become And there's no doubt Got my back to the wall And I'm still hanging on There's no way With a strain in my mind getting hurt again There's a pain in my heart but it's just a game Gotta get over it, won't go insane Won't achieve anything while I'm down Don't wanna give out my heavyweighted frown I'm stopping this now, I'ma turn it around Heaven's on the ground, I'm looking at the clouds Gonna make a change, like a change, bigger getting changed Gonna stay the same with my mind frame rearranged Gonna watch the blue out my mind, out my eyes Was I blind in my mind, cause that was old times Cause I'm starting fresh with a clear vision You can even spell my name in optimism Just track the M's, an I and a P And then what you're left with is me Welcome to tonight's episode of the Zod Rider Show. I am Zod Rider, and we have a full panel of people on tonight's episode. With me, as always, is my co-host and better half of the show, Victoria. Hey, Victoria. Hello. How are you? Oh, I am doing fantastic, and I'm, I couldn't be more excited about the show we have tonight, so we're just going to jump right into it, because it seems like um, everything is working, and we have two wonderful authors on the show tonight. We have Crystal Storm. Hi, Crystal. Hey, Zod. Hey, Victoria. Hello. And we have, <laughs> and we have Don Smith. Hello, Don. Greetings. Hi, greetings, greetings. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. And also, I want to say this for the record. Originally, Crystal was supposed to be the sole guest but I had to switch things around, and Zod graciously uh, allowed me to be on tonight, and I am stealing Crystal's thunder, and I want to personally apologize and say thank you to Crystal for letting me share the airwaves with you. That's right. You should apologize, and you should feel bad. I'm kidding. I love you, Don. It's totally fine. <laughs> I didn't even know that, so you could have completely gotten away with not even saying anything. But no, it's totally fine. I, I love sharing airtime with you, Don. You're fun to talk to, and you're an amazing writer, so I'm actually very interested to hear about what's been going on with you. I, you know what? I don't even know where to start because I'm so excited <laughs> just having you both on the show. I mean, Crystal, I've known you for quite some time, and you know, you and I have had off and on conversations every now and then. But because you've been on PSN Radio for all this time, and yeah, and it's never, been a minute. You've never been on this show, but you have a no, around table, and you do your show. Yes, and, yes, you know. I love the round table. I do. The round table is so fun. So I'm so I'm always so happy when you guys are back. You guys do your random streams. I do even if I even and, if I can't call in, I, I try to listen because it's a and, fun and show. Then, you know, and and then your show, you've had you've had so many shows, different types of shows over the years too. Uh, your your current one is the yeah. one, right? 
Right. Yeah, women in hoodies. hoodies that's women right. Women in hoodies. Okay. okay. <laughs> women I, in hoodies is on like the way the round table is. Whenever me and Julie are like, do we have time? Can we do the show? Okay, we're doing the show. <laughs> right. Right. It's 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 sort of it's sort, that's that's how I've noticed that most shows go now. So I don't feel so badly because me and Victoria <laughs> kind of do it the same way. I try to we try to schedule it around each other's availability, and we stick at least we stick to the same day of the week when we do it in the same time. So that. that no, it's a very difficult scheduling process. Come on, you know we we, we work really hard at it. Come on. <laughs> yes. Well, it is difficult. It's difficult to make it so that we're both available there to do it. Yeah, that's the that's the tough part. But um, if you don't realize, I like I like teasing Zod a lot on the show. <laughs> you should. <laughs> it makes for good radio. That's just well, the way that works. It keeps the show from getting boring. That's for sure. Exactly. So, so let's. I, I guess since uh, Crystal, as as Don pointed out, this was supposed to be uh, your solo show, and I and so then I was able to bring you both together. So I wanna. I guess I wanna start off with you because I don't want to give any spoilers out there for anyone who hasn't read your book. Um, mm-hmm. Your your Star Wars now I I say it's a it's a bona fide Star Wars novel it's brilliant I've read it I enjoyed it I especially loved your you, you know when you did your first five chapters in audio I just discovered that earlier this week I was like wow so so <laughs> oh my know, god that, I'm fangirling over here I just want you to know that because I never get any feedback so when you originally told me that you had read it and knowing you know how much of a geek slash nerd you are I was li- you literally made my day. You, I, you have no idea. You literally well, I, made my day. I mean, it was it was something that it was just like this is an actual this is an actual novel. This isn't just uh, <laughs> you know a twenty five page you know fan fiction. I mean, I mean, I you know I do I do some writing myself, and I'm currently in the process of finishing up my own novel that I've been struggling with for for a while. And I'm and I'm looking at this and what you've written here. I mean, you have your own original stories that you do, and then you took your time to write this this Star Wars novel, and it should actually be part of Star Wars canon as far as I'm concerned. It's awesome. So, Oh, oh my God, that's so awesome. Thank you for saying that. I could die a happy woman now. <laughs> so, tell, so, tell, so tell me, what, I mean, I mean, what is it like, what, what is it that motivated you to actually sit down and write an entire Star Wars novel? I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, <laughs> knowing that you weren't knowing that it was just going to be for your own love of Star Wars and gratification on on that level. I mean, wow. And and you know what? It really happened on accident. I tell you, because I, I used to play Star Wars: The Old Republic, the MMO, and that's and that's why I call it a fan fiction because that is largely what it's based off of, and it follows very closely um, the Sith Marauder storyline, and then the storyline of the smuggler, the bounty hunter, um, the Jedi Consular, little pieces from those, and those were all you know storylines that I had played um, in Star Wars, and I just if you I would recommend you play that game levels one through fifty after level. 1 through 50 e, EA strikes again and I think completely screws that game up. But level what but levels 1 through 50 are absolutely amazing and anybody who is a fan of the Star Wars universe and a fan of BioWare storytelling should absolutely play through them because they're brilliant. And that's what inspired me to do it. I felt like playing that game that I was in a Star Wars story, that I was, you know, I was immersed into it. And that is what inspired my writers game to kick into gear, especially when they introduced the legacy system in Star Wars, and if you guys aren't familiar with that, basically what it is is 
it's just a way that you can connect all your alts into a family tree. So as soon as they gave me the ability to do that, my brain just exploded. I'm like sitting there playing the game and I'm making up storylines in my head. So one day for fun, I tweeted and I tweeted at the Star Wars account that I should just write a fan fiction. And they responded back and said, yes, you should. So I did. And then it just kept coming. It wouldn't stop. And so like 160 pages later, I was just like, well, I might as well do something with this. So I turned it into a book. I was like, why not? I've got all, I mean, obviously it's a little bit longer than a fan fiction. So I I contacted this um, really amazing graphing artist and I was like, you know, hey, look, do you want to do a book cover for me? Happy to pay you. She charged me like 75 bucks for that book cover, which was awesome. Um, And I, you know, I did it. And then, you know, that that's a wrap. That's all she wrote. Can I jump in and ask something totally serious? You, Crystal got a positive response from the powers that be at Star Wars to continue on with writing a Star Wars fan fiction. Did you have any opinion about, did you hear about what happened with that Star Trek fan film that actually had uh, Walter Koenig and other, uh, some big name uh, science fiction uh, talent in there? And Star, in Paramount actually went crazy and said, no, you can't do this. We're, we're putting putting your foot down. And it always seems like Star Wars, I mean, at least in pre-Disney days, was always really friendly to people that wanted to play with George Lucas's toys, but didn't do anything, like, silly with them. Where it turns out, you know, it's like Han Solo goes back in time and he owns slaves or something dumb like that. Right, uh, right. It, like, they... They were like, you know what, you're welcome to do this. I mean, I remember hearing the story about how George Lucas, when they made some big celebration, and he was in a parade, and this is like maybe about within the last 10 years or so, he was in a parade in California. He actually flew in several people from the 501st, dressed as stormtroopers to be part of wow. the parade. Wow, that he was that's in. awesome. And I, I was... And, Sorry, I don't mean to take Zod's and no. Victoria's thunder, but I'm curious your thought about you've got a big property like that. Let's really embrace the fan fiction as opposed to um, doing something like trying to clamp it down or let it getting stretched into the uh, underbellies where you get like the slash fiction where Han and Luke have a relationship or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> And you know there's fan fiction out there that's just like that. <laughs> you know what? It, to me as an author, as a creator, I want, I would want that to happen. I really would. I mean, and I've got my own novels, you know, the Sonarchy series novels. So, And I want them to get to a point where they are so loved. Knock on wood, could I ever possibly do this? I feel like that there is no um, greater honor, I mean, than, than to somebody to want to play in your world so much that they're taking time out of their day to write fan fiction. And a lot of the Star Wars Expanded Universe stuff, like you just said, Don, it's good. It's really good. I think you're doing a huge disservice to creativity in general by being money-grubbing douchebags and clamping down the way Star Trek did. And I didn't even know that story. But it's not surprising, but it's just dumb. I don't understand why you wouldn't embrace something like that. Because let's be real, Hollywood, you're running out of ideas. You're not doing (laughs) such a good job. 
Okay, so maybe you need to start paying attention to these indie authors and these people who are willing to invest their own time and creativity because they love this so much. And I don't understand why you wouldn't. It really doesn't make sense to me. It's really rude, in fact. I think what Disney did to the extended universe is rude. I understand, but I still think it's rude. I mean, and and I know that they're bringing in, you know, they're bringing in Thrawn to um, Star Wars Rebels. So they're kind of taking some of the more beloved characters and storylines and they're making sure that they're incorporating them which is great but to completely diss the eu like that just so they could tell their own story well yeah rude. because you have to think about you have to think about it in terms of that extended universe was is like 30 years of of additional canon yeah. outside of the movie so people have good. grown up with that and if people have lived with that lived within that canon for so many years it's as beloved as the movies themselves so you have to so they have to yes. think about it in terms of that so that was one of my biggest issues when they uh, decided yeah. to do episode 7 and go off on their own thing and say okay we're going to make the the EU we're going to we're going to classify that as legends and leave it alone. So now, essentially, your novel that you wrote would be considered part of legends, then, right? Because yeah, yeah, it, it would. Falls it would. That, it would. It doesn't, falls into it that old republic. <laughs> yeah, it falls into that old republic, old republic lore that they're no longer acknowledging now that they have their new um, right framework well, or whatever else they're going to do. Now, did they say that about the Old Republic? Because I thought everything that occurred from, like, basically from the uh, munchkins going, yub, nub, doo, 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 and the three ghosts that you saw, pretty much everything from that until um, you saw whoever these stupid new people were that showed up in episode <laughs> seven. <laughs> I thought Don didn't it. like The Force Awakens. Please forgive Don. I, but see, I, Don, I, the... No, no, but what I'm saying is anything chronologically that took place between uh, that and the new people, I thought Disney basically said, yeah, they don't exist. And that doesn't... I don't know if that would include the old Republic stuff, the Darth Bane. It would. Because... It because, would. because the Old Republic um, actually before. happens before all that. Star Wars, the Old Republic MMO, is like before, before, before. Like, before the rule of yeah, two. Like, like Jedi, Knights, Jedi Knights still had Jedi Knights still had swords. This was before lightsabers. They, you know, um, this was when this they is, were... No, this is like... Yeah, Star Wars, the Old Republic, no. no. It, I think it's like right after that. Okay. So it's... Yeah, it's I, right I remember after reading, that. Because... I remember reading some stories where they where they didn't have lightsabers, where they had, mm-hmm. they had swords mm-hmm. or some other They're types of weapons. They're kind of talking about... They're talking about the history that led up to it because where you start off in Star Wars, the Old Republic is is the the Jedi believed that the Sith were extinct, that they had wiped them all out type type, type deal. So you you get thrust right into um, kind of the aftermath of all that and a war that had just happened and that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, you're. I mean, we're, I think Star Wars, the Old Republic, literally starts like almost right after. You know, Jedi's now have actual lightsabers and not swords anymore, and it kind of introduces almost the Sith lore and the Jedi lore. I mean, you get to play on Tython, which is amazing. You know, you get to play on Coruscant, which is amazing. Um, you know, so many worlds that you know fans of the canon will recognize. You get to do in Star Wars. It's so much fun. The first fifty levels, anyway. Everything after that just pisses me off. I want to say just I want to say two things. I'm being completely serious. Speaking of pissing off, 
the one thing that irritated me about them is uh, when Disney said, yeah, that's that doesn't matter anymore. Anything that happened between... Um, anything that happened between um, friggin' uh, the ghosts, the three ghosts at the end and the stupid new people doesn't matter because... I came at this from a writer's point of view, and I think Crystal could understand this. In fact, I, I guarantee she can understand that. If Lucasfilm commissions a writer and says, how would you like to write a novel, especially in the 19, early 1990s, how would you like to write a novel about Star Wars, dealing with Luke, Han, Leia, and all that? And you've got one of these guys that has grown up with this. And he's like, oh my gosh, I get to bring my childhood characters to life. This is, this is amazing. What more could I ask for this? And they pitch the idea. Lucasfilm goes back and forth with them and says, no, you can't do this, do that, do this, da 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 and, and this is several months. So the guy sits down and he writes it out. Comes to, a, comes to this one moment where he goes, why in the world am I doing this? I should, you know, it's almost like never meet your heroes. You'll be disappointed. Here I am writing them. He paces back and forth in his house. He's like, am I doing this right by the fans? Am I doing this right by the characters? What would George think of this? It's sort of like all of those thoughts swirling through this writer's head. And, and the thing is, is that if the writer is writing this, say like January of 1992, he will not get a response until maybe April of 1993 if he's already met the deadline. So this is a year of his life where he goes, I wonder what people thought of my story. And then when people finally do write the story, then they may mail the publishers. Then they may hear back. Some of them will write him and say, this is fantastic. Thank you for keeping the torch lit for Star Wars until until Lucas can ruin it with a little boy. Uh, it's like, 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 what can, like, what can you, like, thank you for doing this. And then you get other people that say, there's no way Luke would have ever said like this, and you're just a complete jerk, and da-da-da-da-da. For that writer to be told, yeah, you don't even matter. Your story doesn't matter anymore. That is what really made me angry about all of that. Not just the adventures and the fans that read it and go, ah, I like the Yuzhan Vong. It, it was just, that just made me so angry that they basically disrespected mm. the writers like that. They couldn't have said anything like, okay, it's set in an alternate universe or something like that. Just anything, anything that could have said that instead of it being like, yeah, just one fell swoop so that we can let J.J. Abrams do what he wants to with the movie. We're going to just wipe that out. And that irritated the crap out mm. of me. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand exactly where you're, what you're, mm -hmm. where you're coming from with that. And that, that feels, and that does feel wrong and disrespectful. I mean, again, you have over 30 years of, of canon and books and uh, great writers, you know, the, you know, the Timothy Zahn novels, the, I yes. mean, just to name, just to name a specific, very popular, you know, trilogy that we've mm -hmm. written. And those books are still beloved to this day. And people always wondered, well, why didn't they just make those movies in the 90s? You know, that would, that would have been a great trilogy and all these things that they talk about i mean not to take anything away from you know the force awakens but i'm just i mean i, I agree I see, take I see all you want to away from it <laughs> I mean, I mean, the I, force I just... awakens was awesome <laughs> it was awesome. but you know what i you know and i feel that too and i think that there 
I think it's more, I mean, like Don said, it really is disrespectful to all the writers, but I think it's more yes. disrespectful to the not Timothy Zanes, who also contributed to the oh, yeah, universe. The, the little, you you know? have the little authors that wrote the, you know, wrote the Han yes. Solo novels yeah. and the little, exactly, you know, the, little, you know, exactly. the, the, the Jedi, the Jedi Academy novels and all these little novels mm-hmm. that were, that filled in the blanks and told all the stories about the years, so, you know, after Return of the Jedi and, and, and beyond. And it just, yeah. Yeah, but don't they realize just because they say this doesn't exist anymore, that's not how the fans are going to see it. Like it, exactly. Uh, I'm I not mean, the- and the Force Awakens was great, but I mean, and it, and I'll be the first one to say that it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies. But there's However. no way. But see, there's no way to fit. But see, there's no way to reconcile Force Awakens yeah. with everything else that's occurred. That's the only yeah, problem. There's so many the thing things that, that yeah, they and, changed. Uh, for- and forgive me for jumping in on this, but the thing that irritates me the most is they actually took some of the big plot points mm-hmm. from the uh, expanded universe where yes, Han, and Leia have a, Han and Leia have a son and he mm. becomes a Sith Lord named Kyle. So, I mean, it's just... Yeah, I saw a good... I saw a really good... Uh, fan film that somebody did based on that storyline and they actually had uh han and leia's you know grandchildren they did the whole they did like the whole storyline and and like a fan film i forget what it's exactly called but it was done really really well you know it reminded me of some of the elements that they pulled from you know for for force awakens and i mean don't even get me started on you know the name changes and the fact that (laughs) han and leia only have han and leia only have the one son, and then Han and Leia, for all intents and purposes, aren't even married in the Force Awakens. Yes, I mean, that's what's, no, and then add to the fact that Chewbacca, Chewbacca was in there, and honestly, I understand from a marketing point why he's in there, but again, when R.A. Salvatore put in the death of Chewbacca to give weight to the Yuzhan Bong series... That and then when they're yeah. like, yeah. By the way, che- Chewbacca's back. You what? You mean Peter Mayhew got tired sitting behind comic book con tables signing autographs for people? It was just, ugh. it's like we got to give him something else to do. And that that was the thing that <laughs> irritated me. So there was one thing though I did want to bring up that um, just very quickly going back to the whole fan fiction thing, which is basically what Force Awakens was, the most expensive fan fiction ever made. Um, <laughs> He's so angry, y'all. He's so angry yes. about The Force Awakens. It's great. <laughs> it was the fact that, and forgive me for bringing this up, but Fifty Shades of Grey, Mm-mm. it can be, Mm-mm. no, 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 forgive me for go- doing this. It was, of all things, a Twilight fan fiction. I am, yes. both of those books just make the skin on the back, on my back, stand up and they make me uncomfortable but I'm completely fascinated by how Fifty Shades of Grey was a fan fiction inspired by Twilight and it became a phenomenon and you're actually seeing some of the smarter franchise organizations like for instance Valiant Comics there's oh goodness what are they called Amazon has a whole thing about this dedicated to if you want to write their fan fiction you're welcome to it. And mm-hmm. Valiant and Amazon have this. And I think to an extent, they basically said, you know what? Maybe we should start mining, like like not full-on like 
send a recruiter in there and start pulling writing talent from the uh, fan fiction world, but maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea if we saw the success that we had from that came from Fifty Shades of Grey. Maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea if we started doing some digging here for this. And I think Which is that smart. Was, and I think that's one of the smart things. And again, you're seeing Crystal more or less become the epitome of all this good stuff. Aw, thank you, Don. It's very sweet of you to say. I'm very proud of it. I, it's it, the problem with. So I, I wrote that and I stopped writing the book I can actually make money off of because I had to finish to <laughs> write. So that's what I did. I'm in the process of writing book three of the Sonarchy series. I stopped writing that to write this Star Wars fanfic, and I am literally in love with these characters to the point that I, I sat here for a very long time trying to figure out how I could take Larissa Daclan out of Star Wars and put her in some else because I love her character so much and I can't and it's driving me crazy you can't, you can't do it I know no. I can't I can't because you know I was thinking about everything that she was and how she got made and who she she's a Sith that's who she is and I can't bring her out of that world and make her work anywhere else so I'm going to end up writing another book that's I've already started Another Star oh, wow. Wars book? Yeah, I started. Oh, wow. I did. Another Star Wars That's book. That's amazing. Wow. I'm going to write another one. <laughs> I did. I played through... I played through the Star Wars um, Knights of the Old Republic expansion, um, or no, no, Knights of the Fallen Empire expansion, excuse me, um, and don't even get me started on that, because I will go on a whole rant and be really angry. What, but what is your, say, what's your opinion on the Jedi Academy games, Crystal? I have not played them yet, I'll be completely honest, they are on my to-do list. Okay. They are, yeah. I, I, I've actually started, I have become a Twitch TV gamer. Um, and I've, I stream video games now, which is super fun. So I have a long list of video games that I now have an excuse to spend time playing. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Wow. That, that is awesome. <laughs> and, and but, okay, I, I just... so I have a question for you, Zod. Sure. If I, because you you actually listen to the to the first five chapters of the the audiobook that I'm that I'm working through, and I'm going to do all the chapters. But my question to you is: Did you like the sound effects? Yes, yes. Okay. I, Car- <laughs> Crystal, I could listen to you. I could listen to you all night listening to that. I mean, that <laughs> uh, that novel is awesome. I just it's like, and and you do you do such a good job, you know, narrating the whole thing. It's just brilliant. I'm I'm. I'm sold on it. I hope I hope you finish it up, like the whole book. That'd be cool. Are you going to do that for your uh, for your Sonarchy books too? I, I'm thinking about it with Sonarchy. We actually kind of have a, a, a bit of a different plan with Sonarchy, and I don't know if anybody audio knew, drama. Trying, <laughs> yes, kind of like that. Well, we've been trying to make Sonarchy into a TV series for okay, going yeah, on eight I, nine years now. I was gonna, um, I was going to ask you about that. But I was going to save mm-hmm. that till the end of the show, so I'm glad you're into that. You're mentioning that now. <laughs> yes, yes. So I mean, and it, the the problem is is that um, myself and the uh, director producer that I'm working with, we were when we went into this, we were very adamant about that we were not going to give up creative control. So it's not that in the last eight years we haven't had any interest in Snarky because we've had um, WB is has been interested. There have been a couple of big name actors, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say their names, so I won't. That actually read the script and said i like this i'm in and lord jesus i fell out my chair i was like oh my god you're lying um (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's it's not that we haven't had interest. It's that the story that we get is we love it. We'll pay you this amount of money, bring in our own directors and our own people. And Aaron and I were like, no, that's that's not how this is going to work. We're going to be able to tell this story our way or we're not going to tell it at all. So the biggest issue that we've run into is uh, actors and money. <laughs> so that is what is stalling this. But, I, but I love the fact that you're sticking <laughs> to your to your creative control guns on this because that's 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 important to maintain control of of what of what you're doing. Your baby. This is what you love. This is what you want. The story you want to tell. So you shouldn't let anyone tell you what they're going to do and just buy it off of you and be done with it because that defeats the whole purpose. Not everything in life is about money. So that's mm-hmm. exactly. that to me is I, I, so. See, that's the whole thing. I don't. I don't. I don't get why. They, you know, they feel like they can just dangle a money carrot in front of you and think that that's going to be enough to get you to give up the project. I mean, I realize that you know to get it made you're going to have to make some compromises but as long as you can maintain your creative control that's probably going to be yeah. the most rewarding part about it i mean i know from my perspective it would be writing and you wanting to keep control of your characters and your stories and it's wow i well i think personally if you let them go i i mean would you even be able to watch it because would you even be would you be just watching it going yeah, no how much of it would how no. much of it would be yours right. yeah how much of it would right. be what you want what you know you know they're, they're just gonna you know cherry pick and take what they <sighs> take what they want out of it and do now their that own would thing be hard. like what jj abrams did with the force awakens and the extended universe he took the what he felt were the best parts for his movie and Tweak things and he made did it. the movie made. Yeah. And horrified, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and horrified Horrifi- horrified, Don. A little, horrified Don, Don Smith. <laughs> I will flat it, out. No, like, it's true though. It the is, new people. You know what? <laughs> one of the one of the hardest things about writing a script, and I understand why they do this with authors, because they, let, let's just be real, because there are a lot of authors on this call. We get really attached to our creative work. That's number one. And number two, we can be sensitive snowflakes. I'm lucky. I had a mama that don't play, so I had to grow up with a thick skin. So I understand why they don't want authors to be a part of you know when you when you convert something from novel to, to to movie because there are a lot of things that you have to be willing to change. There are characters that just won't work that you have to be able to get rid of. There there are just it's very very different. And I would dare say that script writing is a thousand times harder than writing a book because you don't it have is. the luxury yeah. of the omniscient narrator. You just don't. Yes. I can't go. I you know I can't go on you know for an entire paragraph and tell you you know what my Sith is thinking. I can't do that in a, you know. So I mean, and and Sinarchy is tough because I've got a character who's got a very strong, subtle personality who needs who needs an actor. It needs that. It it needs an an an, an a Torv. It needs a Tatiana Masalani. You know, Orphan Black wouldn't work without her. And I love watching those shows because as a writer, I'm like I know what that script said, but what you did with that script is beyond beyond and when we and that's kind of the quality that we're looking for with Sonarchy, which is why we had we've had you know such a hard time kind of getting it off the ground we shot a promo which was great it was a great introduction um it just and it, it it taught aaron and i a lot about what we could do but it wasn't you know it wasn't enough but we've got a script ready 
you know, we've thrown a lot of um, fundraising ideas around. I think the most recent one that we might give a try is is that we're going to try the whole um, Patreon thing, and we might do. We're we're, we're, go- we're thinking about voice acting through the script and doing like you know maybe five pages a month type deal just to introduce the story to people via voice actors and try to get money for it and raise money for the project and this that and the other. So that was kind of the idea that we've been toying around with lately. Um, so so we'll see how that goes. That would be awesome. Yes. Wow. Uh, the vo- voice acting is the voice acting thing is incredible, and that, there's a lot of and and there's a lot of that going around now. That's becoming mm-hmm. a very very popular. Like I would say, like in the last in the last two decades, the voice of audio dramas and stuff have become huge. Yes, in they terms have. Of, I mean, I don't know if you've heard of. Um, Big Finish and Graphic Audio and all these various companies that put out, uh, you know, audio dramas of like top, you know, top of the line properties and stuff, and they get the they get the big name actors to come in and voice the parts, and it's it's incredible stuff. I mean, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're we're excited. I mean, because we've been sitting on a script for I didn't, I couldn't even tell you how long, and it I wrote a lot. I wrote a lot of scripts, y'all. <laughs> for us to find because Sonarchy was hard to write I mean it was it was not that hard for me to write as a book but making that into a script it was hard I mean compared to I just vomited out Star Wars Star Wars was like I couldn't stop those scripts man that was that was brutal times brutal brutal times (laughs) but you know what do you do it was it was fun so would you say that right now you you mentioned the fact that you've started writing another Star Wars novel is that something that, <laughs> that's probably going to be done before the end of the year? I wish. I you know I'm so I am very much I very much right now have writers um ADD where I'm kind of like over here and then I'm back over here. Um so I don't know. I need to finish Sonarchy Book Three. I, I desperately need this novel. Uh, not to sound completely arrogant, but the world needs this novel. Um, it, it and and I and I say that because there's there's a vision that I want to tell inside of the Sonarchy Third Book, a different one than I told in the first two books, um, and I think it could help a lot. I'm a big big believer in kind of um, spreading a message through fiction in in visionary fiction. So I desperately want to get. Um, Sonarchy Book 3 out. I am about 150 pages into it. I had a complete writer meltdown where I had a previous 100 pages. I finally sat back, read those, and was like, oh my god, this is complete crap, and like threw it in the fire. And, oh. and took like, no, I did. I did. And I took, I took like, there were like 10 pages that I actually liked, and I'm like, this is what I'm writing. And I kept those. And I started over, and I've never done that before. It was great having that moment. It was completely a real writer when I had that moment I'm like oh my god this sucks this sucks this is really sucks this is fucking horrible um, so can I, so uh, I jump in I, I'm trying it and then but I have this Star Wars story in the back of my head and you will see some of the characters that I rudely killed in Legacy Return for reasons oh wow I, I want to <laughs> jump, jump in real quick and just comment on Crystal saying that she read X amount of pages and just said, this is crap, and threw it in the fire. I um, There's a wonderful writer who's another friend of mine, and her name is um, A. Renee Hunt. And she is a, um, she's a wonderful writer. I think I've actually, we've done interviews with her for uh, um, SVT. 
Mm -hmm. She's great. I love her. Yeah. And she told me the other day, we had a very long conversation a few weeks back about writing. And she told me she wrote wrote a. It was almost. It it was like something obscene. 50,000 words with like eight different characters. And then she said. I don't like them here. I want to put them someplace else. It's, it's, wow. it's, the equivalent, it's like, honestly, yeah. the equivalent of saying, I, like, I've put these characters on a starship, but I think they would work better in the old wet. Oh, yeah. And word. then just doing that. And she did it. <laughs> it happened. She absolutely did that. And when she told me that, I was just like, it, it's really weird. It's like, Sometimes it's like writers have to write something just to know they didn't write it, if that wow. makes any sense. It's, it's, it's such a weird thing. Uh, I, I want to write a character about a bank robber and have him driving a bus. And as he drives the bus, <laughs> you're just like, this is boring. And then you go, wait a minute. I don't want this bank robber character driving a bus. Let's have him drive. Let, let's put him back in the American Revolution and let him be friends with George Washington or something like that. Mm-hmm. And well, oddly, it do. works like that. It does, but I think it's actually the, I mean, everyone hates failure, but I think that's the, you know, the biggest point of growth that we do have. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's only when you hit the dead end of the wall and have to figure out you're going to have to go in a completely different direction that you grow, right? So you become a better writer, maybe, is that? Absolutely. That's it. You know, and I liken it to web design as well, because I'm also a web designer. This is how writers make money. We do other things. only Zod reads our books. Only Zod reads our books, that's it. And then you just find out one day that he read your book. He didn't even tell you he read your book. He didn't leave a review. He didn't send you a message. He just secretly read it and loved it and never told you until like 20 years later. It's fine. Exactly. And then said, said, come on my show and we'll talk about it. (laughs) And the other thing is we send it to Zod for free, too. That's That's right. That's right. I mean, you know, when I'm web designing something, I don't know if it's going to look awesome until I do it. Like, I'm designing a site right now, and it's just like, do I, am I going to like this background? Well, I've just got to put it up, and then if I like it, I keep it, and if I don't, I take it back. It, that's how you write. You do. You just write it, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh my god, this character looks horrible, or I have to get rid of this, or, I, or sometimes you're, you're Abraham a hundred, I mean, like, right, exactly. or you're a hundred pages deep, and you're like, this is crap, and I should never let anyone see this, and I'm just going to throw Put a heart over. Did you, actually, did you actually burn it? Did you actually throw it in? No, I did. <laughs> to be fair, just, I still have it, um, and I have a vague idea of what I might do with it to make it not suck. It just, it in the context of, of what book three didn't work. Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't where that book needed to go. Um, so I, I <laughs> but I was. I was. I was angry when I was reading through it because I just had that moment where I was reading through it. And I just hated it. I hated everything about it until I got to those ten pages that I was like, "This is good," and that's kind of where I'm going with with book three. And so I'm much happier now. So, but I do have an idea of how I'm going to use it later, maybe. Oh, well, that's good. Okay, I mean, yes, I, yes. I, I I always think it's it's better to shelve than burn. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> 
I'm so dramatic too because so if it had about, been paper, think I about it. That'll be that could be that those hundred pages, Crystal, could be a bonus feature when you when you release all your books in this awesome box set. Yeah, the, fans, the, the audio bonus that could be that may be maybe 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 well you know what it follows and i don't know don will be familiar with this name i don't know if you guys read sadarki if you didn't it's fine but it follows simone who was spoiler alert everybody the sole survivor of the sadarki book one and book two and it kind of followed her and then i do some really mean things to her like erase everything that she'd been fighting for for like centuries um so <laughs> it's kind of a story that i want to tell i just don't know if i want to tell it yet it's kind of like a side story i might release it like free like you know just put some random chapters of it up on my blog just kind of as is and let people have fun with it well i can see that because you know she's beloved character and and you're you know just you you know you're challenging her (laughs) completely i'm so mean to my you know what hell is for writers meeting your characters (laughs) that's what it is i thought it was uh being forced to read a Nicholas Sparks book. Anyway. So. <laughs> well, I'm still angry the fact that I did not realize that Fifty Shades of Grey was Twilight fan fiction, and I yes. really hate it. Oh, I hate it both. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it like, was. Really? I can blame the glittery vampires for... for Pretty for much. That. However... Speaking of vampires. Oh, my God. Now, however, let me say this, though. The one upside with Fifty Shades of Grey, if you sit down... Type in, go to Google, type in Gilbert Godfrey and Fifty Shades of Grey. He actually, there's a whole big skit about him reading the audiobook for Fifty Shades of Grey. It is wow. the funniest thing you've oh, ever heard. Wow. Because it's just like, you just hear him and it's just like, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like basically reading one of those erotic Harlequin novels, and the last thing that you ever want to hear is Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> I don't know. I, I will tell you this though. I, I, in response to that though, and in, de- and in defense of Gilbert Godfrey, he was actually better reading it than the narrator that they got for the actual audio book version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Did you? Why ever... do you know this, Zod? Yes. Why do you know this? <laughs> because I. Have, because back, because well, let's, let's, I, I have to get. I have to get in. I have to get into this now, Crystal. Since you went there, so I will. Back when we were doing, back when Victoria and I were doing another radio show on PSN called Cyber Love Talk, one of the one of the things we were talking about was the movie Fifty Shades of Grey. So before Fifty Shades of Grey came out, I wanted to know the material so that we could discuss we could discuss it on one of the shows but i didn't want to read the book and i didn't really have time and i so i went and got the got the audio book so i could listen to it gotcha that makes sense that makes sense i'm sorry you had to you had to endure that no it was terrible (laughs) i listened to i listened to 15 minutes of it read all three books and i really would like that slide back i'm so sorry it was so uh, it angered me so much because not getting into too much detail there I've touched mm-hmm. in various different lifestyle choices yep. and it's nothing like anything no I have too and it's not it's not, and that and that's what really I mean 
I don't understand why it's such a big phenomenon because it's no. like this. Yes, women have sex. Oh my God, shocker! Women also enjoy <laughs> sex. Oh my God, shocker! <laughs> okay, when it, okay, as a equal opportunity employer, I'm gonna drop some serious men and women. Not that different, y'all. Really not. Okay, I've dated both. I feel like I, I'm. A, I can tell you. Okay, not that different. Okay, as far as our needs go, really not. All right. If you want to read some good erotic fiction, you can do a thousand times better than Fifty Shades of Grey. Go to littlerotica.com. Okay, I'm gonna help you yes. all out. Go One of my all-time okay. favorite, favorite websites. Read 50 Shades Thank you for of Grey. Okay, it. and if you are interested in the BDSM lifestyle, really don't read Fifty Shades of Grey because oh. that's not no. Oh my, it's dangerous. It is literally yeah. dangerous to you to read that book. Wow. Yes. <laughs> like you, 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 you. I mean, I mean, picking a dominant is one of the most. In, like, no, just no. He should not. He or she should not be based off of Christian Grey because Christian Grey is a psychopath. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a dominant he's freaking he crazy have, yeah he yep. mm, no see i don't feel so bad see the audiobook for me i only lasted 15 minutes and i had to turn oh, it off i, I couldn't God. bear it anymore the the narrator it was you funny like because the narrator was novels, horrible and it's, and she, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really <laughs> am interested though in this Gil, guilford goffrey uh, the, the Goff- oh yeah check it out I, it is I, hilarious it really is quite funny. Oh, it's it's like you just hear him go, it is so wrong, but so right. <laughs> Amazing. No. They, they should, oh, he, no. Should really, he should really record the entire book. I'll listen to it. my Facebook. I'm going to have to find it. Oh, that's awesome. my Facebook after we finish this uh, show. That's amazing. Just, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, y'all, I'll write some sex scenes better. Than, in fact, there, is, there are sex scenes in the Star Wars fan fiction, I was just going to mention, there. I was just going to say that there are some sex scenes in there. Oh, that I are, might think that. I mean, my quite, favorite. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Never mind. Go, go ahead. No, I was just saying that yeah, one, some of my favorite erotic uh, fan fiction was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> 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 Yes. <laughs> I, I'm all excited. I really, I really have to check it out for sure. <laughs> please, please do, please do. Writers love feedback. I love feedback, good or bad. It's it's fantastic. It's fa- and you know, in fact, I got I got a bad review, like a really bad review on Amazon for the Sonarchy series novels, and I felt so bad for the guy. I wanted to give him his money back. I'm like, damn, you hated them that much. I felt bad. <laughs> I was like. I feel like I should reimburse you. <laughs> wow. But I don't blame you. I think it's like it's it is true. It's like, you know, I mean, if everyone's just like not to say that it, you know, like obviously if you write something and it's good, that's that's wonderful, mm-hmm. but you learn so much more for when yes. someone gives you a negative response versus I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, oh, I, I and I really it. crave. No, I love. No, that's great. I, you know, I love that too, Zod. I love to hear it. I mean, and I don't mind the negativity when it's constructive. You know, it's something oh, yeah. I can learn from. And I got a lot of that when I wrote my first Sonarchy novel because I literally made every self-publishing mistake you can possibly make with that book. And I'm a little embarrassed that I charge money for it. I'm not even going to lie, um, so, because I did. And then I, but I listened to those critiques and I did better in the second novel. And I know that because that's what reviewers told. 
told me. Um, so hopefully I can like really get it right the third time. Um, and I and I wanted to to push that into when I wrote the fan fiction as well. Like I wanted to to see if I had grown as a writer. So and I especially wanted to make sure that I kind of stayed true to to Star Wars. I, it, and because see the problem for me is I don't even know if it's a problem, but I've been a Star Wars fan my entire life, but not to the level of geekdom that I thought when I first started writing the book that I felt that I had a right to write the book, if that makes sense, you know, like, there are people out there who can tell you, like, you know, you know how, and how to make an X-Wing, or, you know, or they were watching the Star Wars Force Awakens trailer, and they're like, we know that this X-Wing is in this attack position because of the way the wings are, and I'm like, how do you know that? Why do you know that? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? wow. So, I wasn't right. I ha- I've never been that level of Star Wars geek, yeah, I'm like, well, I'm going to write a fan fiction? So, for somebody like Zod, who is almost that level of geek, to tell me that, yes, I love this, that is a huge compliment, and I'm so glad I didn't screw it up. I, I, I want to see that I want to see that novel on Amazon, and I want to see you charging people for it. That's how good it was. So, so how's that for so how's that for a compliment? Wow, that's amazing! Oh my goodness, thank you so much. <laughs> I loved writing it. I did. I loved it. I loved writing that book so bad, so much. Yeah, but not to be mean, but if Crystal ever charged for that, she'd actually marry. Guys, she'd have some guys in some very expensive business suits with this. Hi, ha ha! We're gonna sue you now. <laughs> well, well, no, it's cool. I can be sneaky about it, you know. Well, that, you know, I, I don't even know. made they a could, trailer for it. Did you see the they trailers? They novels all the day. Trailer. I know. Oh yeah, I made a trailer for I it think, and everything. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I vaguely, I vaguely remember it. I think I did. I you put did. it was on I your website, those. right? It was on your yeah, website, it's on the website. Right? You think that they'll ever catch on to like certain, you know, like certain fanfics are absolutely brilliant, and you, you know, I kind of wonder when they'll ever actually catch on and say, you know what, we actually do want to publish this, and we're willing to give you, you know, I mean, like, I mean, it's, it's Disney, just so hard, you know, I mean, yeah. like ten. 10%, it's a, it's even, a club, you know, though. They have they have all Disney. these they have all these authors that they're in de- mm-hmm. you know indebted to that they have to give these books to by contract. Like like it's no it was no surprise to me that Alan Dean Foster got to write the novelization for The Force Awakens. It was not right. a surprise to me at all by no stretch of the imagination. Okay, yes, like they, yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they do. They do. I mean, and you've got to, you know, you've got to be, you know, because I, I was actually, I did a little bit of research one day because I was curious, like, what does it take to get permission to write a Star Wars story? And it's definitely an invite-only type deal. And, you know, you've got to be an author that's quote-unquote proven yourself, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, nobody's going to pay attention to the little Star Wars fanfic that Crystal wrote that maybe, you know, like 50 people have read. <laughs> you know, I, I'm very happy that 50 people have loved it. You know, maybe when I become my own version of Shonda Rhimes, I can then say, by the way, guys, I wrote a Star Wars novel. You might want to check it out. But until then, uh, um, you know, <laughs> it's this hidden gem, you know, just, you know, in a million others, in literally a million others. It's, it's a um, hidden there, gem I mean, that everybody should read. Uh, thank you, Zod. I am. I, 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 I want to see. I, I I think that it's. I, I think that that's what it is. The fact that you've you've done it and you and you did it so well, and you're not charging, and you're staying. You stayed within the, 
you know, within the guidelines, and they're so supportive of all the, like Don was talking about how, you know, Lucasfilm has always been supportive of, you know, fan fiction and that kind of thing, and that's that's the great, I think that's the greatest part about it. It gives you the chance to get your Star Wars story out there, even without having to get invited to actually write a professional well, I'd probably Cannon freak out. Embrace. And you know what? I, I I do much better when I can write organically. So if they probably gave me, and I'm sure they're very strict outlines for those authors. Mm. So, you know, they'd give me an outline of what they wanted and, you know, I'd send them well, back yeah, a you probably couldn't There have was the, nothing like that because, you know, my imagination just vomited out something that I thought was better and I'd get fired. So, right. <laughs> yeah, you, you know. You, you probably, you probably couldn't get away to... with the sex scenes in the book, though. You'd probably have to cut uh, those come, come on. There. If you're a Sith, you're having sex. I mean, even Jedi. Yes. have sex. I mean, you know, there's got to be some good yeah. sex scenes. I feel like... And you know what? I thought I did it tastefully. I thought I did it, you Indeed. know, it was... Yeah. So... Yeah. But I'm going to try to put it out on a couple more um, different popular fan fiction sites, because I really didn't do that. I think I put it up on the Star Wars The Old Republic forums, and I got some really awesome feedback, which was very encouraging, which is one of the reasons why I kept writing it. And then... Um, I think I put it up on my website, and then I don't think I really put it out anywhere else. So I might kind of spread it out a little bit now, especially because I'm I'm about to start writing another one. So, and I'm still doing the audio books of it. I'm doing like chapter by chapter. I've just been slacking a little bit, and I kind of want to get a better microphone because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Now, so I kind of make the audio bit quality what, how a little better. Your, your, I'm sorry to cut you off, Chris. No, go ahead. You, no, go ahead. Go can ahead. You explain a little bit how you're doing your. You know, you mentioned earlier your your sound effects and stuff. Could you mention a little bit? Are you, you know, going in there and picking out the ones you want and using them? Like, how are you? Yes. Uh, how are you doing that for your audio book? That's it. That's exact. So what I did was, is I wasted a couple of not even wasted, but I spent a couple of days on YouTube getting specific sound effects because I'm very visual. So when I write scenes, I see them in my head. So it kind of wasn't hard for me to know what kind of sounds I wanted in the background of a lot of the fights. My own, and I've got I've got this beef, and it's one of the reasons why I am really need to go to Italy, guys, and learn how to lightsaber fight for realsies. Like seriously, this is like a serious life goal because there are not enough of those lightsaber choreographed battles and there's so many good ones on youtube they're so awesome but there are not enough of them with women in them and i needed a lot of the my main character's a woman right and so some of the sound effects i couldn't use because it's a bunch of dudes grunting <laughs> and there's not <laughs> yeah right so it really didn't work so it was really hard to find some of the sound effects for some of the battles that i wanted to put them in yeah, but, but as far the as upside of, of this is, when you make a movie of this, you can have, like, Venus Williams playing her. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. <laughs> 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 yeah definitely. Definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so that's, yeah, and that's literally what I did. Like, I went to YouTube, and I grabbed a whole, just some videos, and I downloaded the videos, and then I literally sat here and edited the sound and pulled the sounds that I wanted out of them. Well, and then I just added that to the audio. So I use Audacity for everything. Uh, yeah, Audacity is really cool. So there you go. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Wait, that's, what, yeah, so I've got, I think I'm up to chapter, chapter eight five. for the audio. Chapter, well, no, there's I, more. I, there's more, Zod. Well, on your, on your... On my website, on no, website. there's more. I swear... There's more oh, than really? chapter. There's, there's more than five, five chapters. Yeah, yeah. There's more than five. I think I. I think I'm up to six oh, or yeah, seven. Hang on, I'm gonna look for you right now. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I stopped at five. I thought there was only five. <laughs> Son of a bitch! No, I'm up. I'm up to eight. The last one I did, and I'm up to chapter eight. 
Um, yeah, there's no, I think, I don't remember, I, I think I stopped with the sound effects just to, because I was looking for feedback. I didn't know if it was distracting, if people liked the sound effects, you know, so I didn't for a couple of chapters. But now that you're giving me this feedback that you liked it, I'll probably pick it up again yeah, with the other as cool. I keep going. Yeah. Pretty cool. I, I'll have to listen to the, ne- to the next three because I, I stopped at five. So. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, there was only five for a while, and then I and I got it. I mean, they just, it's, <laughs> you know, I wish that we were all independently wealthy, because I'd have more time, because unfortunately, adding the sound effects is a bit time-consuming. Um, so it's kind of, it, it takes it takes a little bit extra to do. But I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm committed to it. It's going to happen. It just might take me a little while. Awesome. Awesome. Wow, yes. I don't know what we should do. Should we take should we take a little bit of a break and then come back and talk about the talk about Don Smith's amazing comic books, Vampire on the Lost Highway, or what should we do, Victoria? I think so. I think that's a that's a brilliant idea. All right, brilliant. Well, then that's <laughs> what we're going to do now. We will take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have more awesome discussion with these two authors, Crystal Storm and Don Smith. You've been listening to the Zod Rider Show on psn-radio.com. Okay, and it looks like we are back on tonight's episode of the Zod Rider Show after a mighty technical issue. But uh, I have everybody here, I believe, uh, Victoria, Crystal, and Don Smith. Yo! Hello. Woo-hoo, we are here. So I'm I'm going to mute myself so Don can take up all the rest of the time since we have technical difficulties. I'm just going to sit in the corner. I'm going to sit in the corner like and just let Don talk. Don, tell us all the things. But I, I do need to say very quickly that I have had many an amazing conversation with Don when I get up to the suck ass place that is New Jersey um, about his vampire comics. So listening to him talk about it and how excited he gets when he when he lays out his ideas for it, I am not surprised and I. Him. Uh, I'm super excited for him, so I'm really glad you guys have him on. Yeah, I, thank you, I, Don. I, Don, I read your comics and I really, yes. really enjoyed them. I love your, I love your characterizations, and I just can't wait to hear what you have to tell us about it. So, thank so uh, with, without further ado, Don, tell us, tell us, and the listeners a little bit about Vampire of the Lost Highway. Well, uh, basically, the Vampire of the Lost Highway. Um, is a character, he's sort of like a, I would classify him almost like a cryptid, uh, like a lot of the things that you hear on um, PSN radio about uh, the paranormal, the unusual, other things like that. And I wanted to see if I could write a superhero story about a character like that. And actually, it was where um, I had this idea and I presented I presented it to Crystal, and it was originally going to be a book, but then I kind of got the idea of writing a comic book about it, and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. So I started working on the comic book, and uh, I had about two issues of that. It's uh, sort of an anthology series of sorts, where I've got different artists working on each individual issue, and each issue happens somewhere in a different part in history and I was kind of doing that to give it a uh, 
give it a timeless feel. Because much the same way if you take a look at a character like Batman, uh, the version that Bob Kane drew is different from the version that Neil Adams drew, from the version that Jim Lee drew, uh, from the Adam West version to the Michael Keaton version to the Christian Bale version uh, to the Batman the Animated Series version, all the way to the Ben Affleck version. Version. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that was awesome. Yeah, we're still talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. And, <laughs> no, uh, stop it. And so, basically, I, uh, I I wanted to give it that type of feel. And The Vampire of the Lost Highway is about people who experience things on this midwestern midwestern road in Fort Hawk County in the Midwest encounter this thing that they see with wings and it flies up and down and it basically stops and it helps people out and it depends on the different type of story and uh, the first story is set in the 1970s and it's about a father and son trying to start a new life in Fort Hawk and the vampire encounters them and then the second story is about a uh, demon that runs wild during the um during a battle that was during in the during a battle in the American Civil War, and it was all about how uh, the craziness that he does, and my vampire character comes in and saves the day for both of these situations. You know, so, I got a very um, a, a a very authentic vampire feel from the first story uh, from the <laughs> first book. Uh, I it reminded me a little bit at first of. Uh, I, I had this. I got this kind of interview with a vampire kind of feel from the beginning of the first one in the 1970s with the boy and his father. And you know, I don't know. Maybe if it was because of the way it was, you had it. The narrative was going, but it just had that feel to me. And I, I love the whole concept of the of the do-gooder vampire. You know, almost, almost trying to, almost trying to, trying to make. Uh, trying to make things better for people. It was it was really cool. I, I, mean, I, I appreciate I, that. But here's the funny thing about it: uh, the vampire is not a vampire. They, that that's what's so it throws a lot of people off. And I did that on purpose. And I wrote that in some of the in future issues. I'm going to put in there: the vampire is not a vampire. He's not the thing that drinks blood and sleeps in coffins and may sparkle. So he's a vampire metaphorically, then. Oh, yeah, no yeah. sparkling. Oh, yeah, Vampires no spark- don't sparkle ever. <laughs> See Lost Boys. Well, tell that to, well, tell that to, what a vampire should be. Tell that to Anne Rice in, about Lestat that vampires don't sparkle. I'll tell her, I'll tell her, I'll tell that. I don't care who I have to tell. They don't sparkle. That's yeah. no. Stop it. So, so what exactly is he then? Or um, are we allowed to know? Like, is he well, immortal? I, I have said that. I have said in other inter- interviews. He's a corrupted person. Is the only way I would, can describe it. Is is that you, you find out that he was somebody that made a deal with the devil and it didn't go very well. Like Spawn. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah, but without over-exaggerated muscles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> something like... There can that. never be too many muscles. Yeah, I kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, okay, mean, I totally... There can uh, okay, be, I'm sorry. So I can totally see where you're... I totally can totally see where, where it is, that he's not really a vampire in that, you know, in, in that sense, but he's... He's got to, well, if he made a deal, he's got to be immortal in some way, right? Something like that. Um, But what it, 
it's the way that I kind of based a lot of him off and, and when Crystal earlier called New Jersey the great suck um, she was being way too kind <laughs> you're right I was one of the handful of things that New Jersey has over several other states is we at least have our own cryptid in the Jersey Devil and technically the Jersey Devil is not a devil like he's not an like uh, an angel that stood before God and said we're going to follow Lucifer and then got turned into a devil he is apparently um, some poor kid that the mother said you know what I can't deal with another kid let the devil take him and then depending on which other version of the legend you hear when she gave birth the kid either looked really really horrible or the kid was born and then all of a sudden he developed wings and horns and then flew up the chimney but they called him the Jersey Devil because he looked like what was traditionally considered a devil and and forgive me for not simplifying this but I'm going to try and be very very quick about this being the, the two things that, that I had in common with um the two things that I had in common were I had a very fascinating interest in American history. And also at the same time, um, a buddy of mine by the name of Robert Schneck, he wrote a book called The President's Vampire. And on the cover of The President's Vampire, which, by the way, um, just on a side note, President's Vampire, actually, uh, one of the stories from the book is being, has been turned into a movie called The Bye-Bye Man, and The Bye-Bye Man is coming out in December, and this is based on a story that Robert Schneck wrote, and it's actually based on somewhat of a true story, and The Bye-Bye Man features Doug Jones, and what's funny about all of this is, is that this was all out of an outcome of um, this absolutely wonderful paranormal podcast called Shadows in the Dark, and it was hosted by probably one of the best radio hosts ever Jeremiah Greer and because of that I became friends with Robert and actually it was because of Jeremiah Greer I met the Jackal and it's one of the big reasons why I'm on this show right now um, because of all of these interconnections and when Robert he wrote a, he when he wrote the story of the president's vampire it was this story that Charles Fort had brought up about a man that in the newspaper a guy by the name of of all things James Brown had been accused of being a vampire on a Portuguese ship and uh, and President Johnson had pardoned him well Robert did some massive research on it and he told the true story about this guy named James Brown and his story and why Andrew Johnson pardoned him and on the cover of the story it was the president's vampire it was a picture of andrew johnson in an upside down or uh, not an upside down but a great big vampire bat so the idea of thinking about a vampire not being a uh you know like a dracula that's coming up out of the grave but the idea of considering the vampire from the perspective of somebody from the 1870s, 1880s, 1890s, and thinking of a vampire not, again, as a, an immortal white-faced guy, but as a very large bat. And I mean like a bat the size of like almost 
uh, like like a bat the size of I don't know what you want to say a vulture or something like that or a vampire bat the size of a man or something and that's what got me thinking I go I'm willing to bet that a bunch of people in Fort Hall County in the 1880s saw this corrupted guy with the bat wings or the depending on whichever version with these great big wings and they just started referring to him as the vampire it was a nickname that they gave him and oh, so wow. so that was sort of like I kind of love that concept and playing around with that that it's not a vampire that you know he comes out um, like you put a stake through his chest and and take off his head and what have you but he is somebody that he doesn't feast on blood he's this guy that just is really sad and corrupted and the way that i always kind of imagine the vampire is is, is that you know that guy on the bus that you don't want to sit next to <laughs> that's the vampire yeah. Like, like if you met him, because I was playing off the concept about how, say what you will about Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, the fun thing that they all have in common is when they're out of costume, they're not bad-looking guys. But I was kind of like, well, what if we met someone that, that, that guy that is arguing with himself sitting by the magazine rack in the library, and you know that this was the guy that didn't flush when you went to use the bathroom. That's what I wanted the vampire to be. I wanted him to be somebody that you were really uncomfortable being around. And so, anyway, so when you take all these concepts and when when it was all inspired by a love of the paranormal, the unusual cryptids, stuff that you see um, that would appear, regularly would appear on um, uh, Shadows in the Dark uh, that my buddy Robert Schneck liked writing. And um, also, I'd be completely remiss if I didn't mention uh, Linda Godfrey, the amazing um, Beast of Ray the Beast of Bray Road writer and the um, writer who um, did all of the um, American Werewolves books that are out there. And it's one of the reasons why when you read in the first story, the name of Godfrey is used all over the place. And it, it, all of those were just massive nods to all of these people just simply saying thank you. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to see, can I write one of these paranormal books that you would see Robert Schneck write that Linda Godfrey would write, uh, to use some more modern names, like Ken Gerhard would write, and to, uh, and, and like when you go to, go into any town and you see these ghost books where it's like these local writers who go around and write about legends, like, like every county has one. You'll see like ghosts of like Pennsylvania, ghosts of like Homing County, ghosts of Bergen County, ghosts of Delaware County. And they're all different stories that are for that area, but they're still great and they all have these universal appeal. And I wanted to see, could I write a book like that? Could I write a book that is a respectful parody to these great writers, to this great genre. And that's basically what the vampire came out of. And eventually, because I'm like growing up of a love of comic books, it obviously at some point in time became a comic book. And that's basically what the first two issues are. And probably by October 1st, I'm going to have issue three out. And here's the great thing. Much the same way that the Sinarchy series, the first two books, are free. Um, is book They're three. not. That's, that's a lie. They're not oh, they're free. not. They, they used no, to No, they're be. not free. They were. <laughs> the first book was free for a little while. It was like a special deal. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, my apologies, but if you send me an email, <laughs> I'll send you a PDF. Um, <laughs> so. well, I, abs- uh, hey, if you want to uh-huh. review the books, I will send them to you right now. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I'll review the book. Uh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got it, Zod. Not a problem. I'll review them. <laughs> right, but the vampires issue one and two are on drivethroughcomics.com, and they're free for anybody. So, I mean, they're free comic books. Go download them. Enjoy. They're awesome. I love that you... They're awesome, yeah. I love that you mixed in the history, Don, because I love it when books do that. I love it when they, you know, they take a a quote-unquote true story, and then the author goes, I'm going to take your story, and I'm going to make it my story. I love that. Absolutely love it. No, thank you. Thank you. Because that's what I wanted to do, because I'm one of these guys that it's sort of like... I sort of like... um, I, I think that there's so much that's gone on that we haven't explored it enough, that we haven't written it enough. Um, there's so much American history, and especially now with like um, things like – I'm going to say that this all advented probably about 1998 with Weird New Jersey. And again, that's the second thing that has come out of this disgusting state that has actually been – <laughs> that, that has actually had some real merit and real hard-hitting good stuff to it. And um, and, we, and Weird New Jersey has been like, it is basically, like, it has taken the concept of explore what you've got in your own backyard. All you have to do is like, yeah, it takes a little bit of research. Go into a library, spend an afternoon, look through the dusty things, mm-hmm. blow, blow the dust off that old newspaper rack, sit through a microfilm. What can you find? And a lot of this stuff is lost to history. Uh, going back to my buddy Robert Schneck, him and I go to dinner all the, um, maybe once, twice a week, and he'll tell me, oh, yeah, I was looking through more newspaperarchive.com, and he's like, found this, found this, found this. And he'll find things that I have no idea about, that I never knew existed. And it's, and it's that kind of thing that we can I, – I like branching out into and just kind of go, what can we take from that? and where, Which direction can we go for it? I, I have New Jersey a, is really good for that. Unfor- I mean, that's about the only good thing about New Jersey because he's right. New Jersey is legitimately like Satan's butthole. Like, like that's how much New Jersey sucks. It is soul sucking. Oh, that's how horrible New Jersey is. Yeah. Um, but it does have a lot of very interesting history. Yeah, yeah. It's like basically. I was just going to say, New Jersey has been cool up until about 1955. Then after that... I was going to ask you, Don, so are we going to see your your main character basically throughout different time periods in history? Yes. Is that yes. basically the premise? I, I wanted to make sure I was, I was getting... I was, you know, catching on to the premise, you know, throughout the first two issues, because it, because it was clearly a different time from when you, you know, from the first issue to the second issue, and everything you've described. So, so we're going to see him throughout all sorts of different time periods? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because the first one, like I said, is set in the 1970s. Yes. The second one is set in the 1860s. The third one is actually set on a biplane in the 1920s. Wow. Cool. And, um... And, favorite era. Yeah, yeah, it's a great era. And then the I fourth love the one. the 20s. Yeah, that, that was when it was sort of about right after World War One and right before, right before the advent of World War Two, that it was just kind of like the decline of character started happening. 
<laughs> is the only way I could describe it. Because I'm sorry, but I mean, it's just kind of like the only advances that we as a people have had in the last 20 years have been in entertainment. Mm. It, it, it's like you, don't, like you don't hear about anybody going, well, you know what, just for the heck of it, I'm going to go explore the Antarctic. I mean, the closest thing that I have heard to anybody doing that, anything close to something that, like, whoa, no kidding, has been that, um, oh, I forget what his name is. It was the gentleman that uh, jumped off it was almost a satellite. It, like, it, like he had the balloon and went straight up, and then he parachuted yes. off of that. Um, yeah, and, it's, it's the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. It was just like he was practically wearing a spacesuit and then jumped off and went straight down. It's like you don't hear people doing things like that anymore. I mean, it's like, God forgive me, but we live in an era where it was like, like I said it best, I mean, Kennedy got man to the moon Obama got men into the ladies room and it's just kind of like equally important Don yeah I agree (laughs) I mean I'm not saying that I don't think people don't deserve equal rights and treatment and stuff it's just that it's just you don't hear advancements in achievement like that anymore I don't and it just I feel like that there's just a level of of people daring to dream the impossible dream like you know what i'm gonna go build an underwater city or i'm gonna go like let me be the guy to develop a satellite that where people could live on more so than what they've got and it's sort of like we're in 2016 and we're the best thing that we're doing is we're sending remote control cars to mars i mean it's just the achievement that i thought we would have had it's true i agree it's just not the same. The Back to the well, Future, you know, uh, uh, flying cars yes. and stuff oh like that. Oh my God, and yeah. Donald Trump. <laughs> oh God, please stop. Yes. <laughs> no, why would you even say but, the name? Bisco. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I actually feel so bad for you. I'm Canadian, so I don't have to go. I will. I will. Uh, can I come live with you if if the I, impossible I, happens? All I know is that the only way you should choose between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump is if you're picking out a Halloween costume. That's that's Thank all. Thank you. Oh my <laughs> yes, pray. Because yeah, <laughs> I'm like both of them. Yes. This is why like, the aliens won't talk to us. My, my um, my son. He's only <laughs> eleven, and he turned to me and he said, "Mommy, why?" don't we have the, you know, why haven't we cured cancer? And I really didn't know what to tell him because all we do is treat stuff now. We don't cure anything. No. And I think that's right, very it's about good. money. <laughs> it's all about the finances. And, and it's like, yeah, now, um, yes, any, any kind of invention, any kind of, you know, cure, anything like that is secondary to how am I going to make a buck? That really utopian, that we've Star Trek lost utopia. the vision, not and that's we've <laughs> lost our imagination, and we've lost the vision. Unfortunately, like no, it, it's almost, and you know, it, and this I'm going to make it, it's not even to get on a political rant, but I think that one of the reasons why Bernie Sanders was so popular, and then again, why one of the reasons why people hated him is when you say something like free education, we can't even fathom it. We think that's a pipe dream. How sad is that? But we'll spend $35 billion on a plane that doesn't work. But the idea of putting people through college without having to pay for it is like, no way, y'all. That's funny. What was you even saying? Like, nah, come on, get a job. You know, like that. (laughs) 
we like we that's where we are as a people you know it's like ridiculous that you, but you it can't is even re- you know it is a reality in other countries like i mean yeah. here i, I know. mean that's the problem like i mean i you know i'm not gonna you know i mean i have no idea what your political views are but with with being in canada yeah we do have free health care and they're actually trying to get your system here and we're fighting it tooth and nail oh but, please do um, <laughs> don't do anything america does ever but, like but ever is it's like you know the most expensive programs here for university if you go to a local university not if you go you know if you want to go to a cross province university that's a little different but if you're going to go to a university in your own province like the most expensive program is five grand a year because we're subsidized wow you know? Wow. Yeah, but yeah. either way, it you're is, still paying with that. That subsidies comes from the taxes. Oh, well, you see, so, you see, it's that, it's that, but it's literally, it's that right there. Instead of pausing to let your imagination run about how it could work, you immediately dismiss it. That is where we, and that's exactly what you were talking about, Don. That's exactly where we are. That's why we can't put another guy on the moon, or if we have, <laughs> nobody will tell us about it because a, it's about money, and b, we can't see the vision. We can't see it. Well, the visionaries just... are dead. That's what it is. They're not. I live. You see what I did right there? <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. You have to you have to take a leap of faith at times and, and no one's willing to do that if, unless they can make a buck. It's true. It really is. It's true, unfortunately. It is. It is. It's. I mean, I, I, I work as a freelancer. I, I struggle to work outside of the system, and I can tell you it is, it is damn near impossible. That's, that's what we have created. It is damn near impossible to do. Um, so it's just, yeah, I, I, I hear you, Don, and I, and I feel it. And um, hopefully, and I think that's one of the reasons why we need um, fiction, why we need, you know, stories like yours, stories like mine, any other writer who is literally telling the vision, literally showing us something else, a different take on history, reminding us of a time when we hadn't lost our imagination, when we were striving to be better than. Because now, I mean, everything's run by that those big banks and that's that's it's not a conspiracy theory at this point it is literally the truth about there probably is a cure for cancer sitting on a shelf somewhere um, but until they can yeah. charge us five hundred dollars a pill for it we'll never see it yeah i'll never see it yeah but i gotta say i really did like the way you brought the history into like because i am um a bit of a vampire freak i'm very uh, you Vampires know are awesome they I, sparkle they don't <laughs> yeah, oh, oh that's horrible but anyway that movie just, I'm just gonna forget that movie but uh, but you know what I really like the fact that you you've come up with a very you you know at least I feel when I when I looked at the comic book a very unique take on it like Thank and, you. you know I really think it was it was like wow I'm reading something original <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was one of the things that struck me too it's like wow i mean thank you i appreciate that the one downside though is is that as you're writing it because um my big fear is there's a big fear of me that sits there and just goes like am i just regurgitating stuff that i've already read and my big fear is, is that people would look at it and go, oh, that's just a ripoff of this. That's just a ripoff of that. And every so often, I'll come up with this character. Like, I go, I've got a character with these big black wings that fights good, fights for the side of good. 
And then I'll go something like I go, you know what would be a really interesting idea is, like there's all these stories about all these clowns that are coming around and doing crazy things and scaring people. What if a clown came out and started giving my character with big black wings grief and he's got to fight good and this has been done before? And, uh, how sad is that though because i'm really glad you didn't go that route because i was like yeah. wow that's dumb yeah because like i thought i go it depends on it depends on the personality of your clown though don i well, mean that's the thing yeah. though <laughs> and, and the look of him too <laughs> well that's the other thing though is is that i've got to watch out for that i mean like over the weekend or a couple of weekends back i was writing a comic book for another uh for a for a wonderful artist that you really should get or get on sometime, a guy by the name of Rusty Gilligan, who's just an absolute wonderful guy, and he's got a he's got a, a patriotic hero, and I don't know how much I can and can't say, but I actually wrote a story using a um, golden age hero or golden age villain. So I went back, was going through it, and I go, "Oh, I want to make sure that this doesn't come across like I'm." Like, uh, let's just say I didn't want to come across like I was writing anything that Caesar Romero might have played. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't but isn't a lot of the creativity that we come up with in our minds at least somewhat derivative from things that we've experienced and things that we've seen and things that other people have come up with I've come to the conclusion that as far as like an original idea is concerned there are only so many original ideas left out there pretty soon everything is everything in the world is derivative of something else so basically you know Anything you come up with is just a way that you the way even if you feel like well my god this is just a rip off of this it's not necessarily that it's just the way that you convey the ideas more so than you ripping something off because everything is an inspiration based off of there something. is that I mean like there is that I mean obviously if you look at the vampire you can flat out see where the sources came from I mean oh, yeah. clearly clearly you can look at it and go this is a guy that that's read Dracula way too many times uh, <laughs> and you can and but also at the same time when you read Dracula you go this is clearly a um, you, you can like you can read Dracula and you go this is clearly a guy that read uh, Carmela way too many times and then when you go back and you read uh, La Fanu's, yeah, I think it was La Fanu that wrote Carmella, you can see the sources of where La Fanu got his idea for Carmella. Nice. And, uh, and you can also see where he basically, Dracula was also somewhat of a reaction to the, to the, um, to the literature that Oscar Wilde wrote. Uh, and you can see a lot of those things in there because there's nothing new. I mean, like, like to borrowed. use this, yeah, like to use this from a historical perspective, people people looked at like when when our founding fathers first sat down and came up with the United States, they borrowed a lot from the Roman Republic before the days of Julius Caesar. Because the Roman Republic, I don't know if many people know this, but it wasn't like the Roman Empire just upped and started when when Julius Caesar 
up and said, hey, you know what, I'm going to start taking over crap. It actually started <laughs> when there was a republic. And then what happened was the republic itself gradually declined because of all sorts of moral issues. Uh, and, corruption. And I, yeah, corruption. That's what I mean. I'm not talking about like who people are dating or marrying. I'm not going in that direction. What I mean is, is that it, like when you started buying the senators and other things like that, it's like, you know what, I'll give you three goats, uh, three or four goats, if you allow them to expand my farm into Nepotus's law, okay, into Nepotus's yard. Okay, that's fine. I'll take the three goats. And it, it's like, and a lot of that was borrowed, but what happened was is that the Republic gradually, the Roman Republic got weaker and weaker. And then somebody like Julius Caesar came in and said, you know what, I think I'm going to be president for life. And then he says, you know what, United uh, Rome isn't enough. Let's start annexing some of the other areas. And then he went around and started crossing the Rubicon, and that's when everything changed. And then we ended up with a Roman Empire for about 2,000 years. And to be honest with you, the United States, when when it was started, it was started by these guys who were borrowing an awful lot of that and then borrowing a lot from the philosophy of John Locke. And even... Um, Oh, flip, what was his name? Nathan Hale, who was famous for saying, I regret that I have but one life to give to my country. That was actually taken from a play. And so it's like all of this, it, it started somewhere. And so like my vampire, my vampire is just, my vampire is just the uh, next iteration of whatever it is. Uh, the Vampire of the Lost Highway could be... I don't know, like, the Vampire of the Lost Highway could inspire something else down the line. Um, it's just, more or less, the vampire, it's just his turn now to have his moment in the sun. And then at some point in time, probably in about 200 years, when um, Vampire is up back in uh, public domain or something, I wouldn't be surprised if more people are writing stories like that. Same way people are going to be writing more stories about uh, the Sinarchy characters when in 200 years' time when uh, they're public domain. That's just the way these things work. As it should, uh, as it should, and I think that I think you'd agree with me, Don, that that's really flattering when somebody's copying off of you. Like I don't find that offensive at all. Like, don't you copy my stuff? That's like, oh, you liked it that much? That's cool to me, you know. Well, it depends on when it is and when they're trying it out, though. I'm like, <laughs> somebody 200 years from now, knock yourself out, copy me all you want to. Somebody 200 minutes from now, no, you're getting kicked in the shin. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, guys, it's all about timing. That's what it's all about. I mean, I oh yeah, it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I just, but, but I'm, I mean, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing where you're going to go with these comics. Down, they're really mm -hmm. awesome, and and you know, I, I have to, I have to ask you uh, about some of the some of the other things. You know, uh, one one little deep inspiration. Was there a little bit of Doctor Who in there? Because I was looking, Don. I really was. I was looking to see if there was some inspiration from Doctor Who hanging um, in there somewhere. I, I'll put it to you this way. <laughs> Maybe the Not these first two issues. Not in these first two <laughs> issues. If you've read anything... I, I will say this, though. I've I've... I'm about three-fourths of the way done on a manuscript about the vampire. See, this, this is what's going to be really funny about this whole thing. I started the manuscript of The Vampire of the Lost Highway long before I started doing the comic book. And if you read the manuscript, the doctor is not just 
buried. He's hanging out for everyone to see in the manuscript. Okay. And what happened was is that when I wrote the comic book, I kind of like the manuscript basically is Oh, I Don Smith left New Jersey for several months at a time to go to Fort Hall County to do research, and this is what came from it. And, and this is the book that he wrote that came from the whole thing. And then what happened was is that I said, and then kind of in the storyline, and I say that in quotes, the comic books were original stories Don Smith wrote based on his experiences on what he wrote about in Fort Hawk. And I... Um, I basically looked at the comic books as I was trying to be a little bit more realistic and everything. And uh, I was trying to keep the stories a little bit tighter because when Crystal said script writing, script writing is very, very difficult. It really is. And you can only put so much in there. And especially comic book writing, you can put all you want. Like you can, like comic book writing is fantastic, but you only get the average issue is about twenty four pages, and that's not counting the ads and everything. And so you can yeah. only put so much in there. Um, does the doctor appear? Yes, uh, in certain in other things I've written. Clearly, doc, the doctor. I I would be completely idiotic if I didn't say the doctor had some sort of appearance in my in my work. I mean, heck, you know what, Zod, if you remind me, I'll uh, send you a wonderful issue of, um, of Vincent Price that I did for, um, for, uh, for, uh, Storm Comics, now Blue Water, or used to be Blue Water Comics, that has a very Doctor Who-esque character in there that, uh, I wrote specifically as a massive inspiration of Doctor Who. So awesome. I'd be... Well, yeah, I'll be more than happy to send that to you. So okay, I mean, great, it's, it's, great. I'd, I'd love to see it because I, yeah. I was because I, I was looking. I, I was like trying to find something, and I, I'm like, well, you know the you know, and then the second issue going all the way back to the 1800s and thinking about oh oh okay, so he's taking a more almost like a Highlander approach here. <laughs> I was I was looking yeah. at all the different you know <laughs> elements trying to see what That's, I could yeah actually could yeah. Up. There's a level of that where. Yeah, it was just like there's a level of the Highlander, that type of mentality where like let's just kind of jump around a little bit more and more type of thing to it. And uh, I really wish they made more than one Highlander movie. <laughs> there can be only one okay yeah. there can be only one yeah I have no idea what these other movies and TV series that they're talking about is they only made one movie simple as that only one movie oh the TV series wasn't that bad he was pretty to look at he's pretty <laughs> don't just file it away with the Force Awakens Don it's alright just file it away it's cool <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, but if it wasn't for the fact of you got things like the quickening and the source, holy crap! Um, oh, mitochondrians, yeah. Don. Mitochondrians. And then when you find out what the source really is, then you get then you really get upset about having been a fan of anything other than the first movie. This is why all writers need an editor. That is why. That is why writers need an editor. Or at least someone who will be honest with you that you will listen to. So when you say I have those dumb ideas, you get slapped and they tell you no. (laughs) Midi-chlorians in the source. Those are two good examples. Seriously, Zeist is a good idea, right? Right? Where's everybody going? 
But yeah. well, and let me say this though, um, very quickly, because I know that we've only got a few minutes left. One of my big problems as a writer is I try to put as much as I possibly can into my stories instead of letting the stories grow organically. And like if I sit there and go, oh, I'm a big fan of Doctor Who, then <laughs> I should have written it in there that the father is wearing a Tom Baker scarf. The thing is, is that if I had done something like that, it would have taken away from the story. Would I have killed to have, much the same way that Crystal would be salivating at writing a Star Wars story, I am absolutely salivating for that day when they call up and say, Don, you want to write a Doctor Who story? I mean, it would be like, absolutely. Just All right, well, what, what, doctor would you, what, what doctor would you be writing oh, for, though, Don? Eighth. Which one? Eighth. The eighth. eighth doctor, okay, awesome. Yeah, Paul McGann's awesome. Paul McGann. Awesome. Eighth is my doctor, flat out, and and it was sort of like I would love that day. But the problem is, as a writer, I used to go, well, you know what? Because I like Doctor Who, I want to have a Doctor Who character in there. And what I found it did was it actually detracted from my writing, yeah, and and also at the same time, I've shifted in my writing recently in the last several weeks. It's almost like this coming out of the closet moment where I realized I'm a horror writer at heart. So when that happened, it completely changed my – it completely changed everything. And um, I've, written, I've recently started writing horror. And I've written at least two stories that I need to go back and edit. And I actually am working on – I met these wonderful publishers, a new group of comic book people that are coming out of England um, called WP Comics and I've been working with those guys and I wrote my horror story, I wrote an 8 page horror story and I, it, it changed me it absolutely changed me is the only way I could describe it and what I've been doing now is, is that I have been writing straightforward horror stories that have nothing to do with superheroes and some of my friends would say Don I'm reading some of your vampire stories and they're great but you don't need the vampire in them. Is there any way that you can take the vampire of the Lost Highway out of it and just focus in on the story? And because, like, I'll give you an example of something that I did. I'm also a big Sherlock Holmes nerd. I've got a, and let me just plug this real quick. I've got a website called the Sherlock Conversations. It's at SherlockConversations.wordpress.com. And I thought, hey, I should write a vampire story with Sherlock Holmes, Watson. The Vampire of the Lost Highway and Spring-Heeled Jack. Well, I started writing it, and there's this moment where it becomes like typing in tar is the only way I could describe it. Because I write and I write and it just gets slow. Like, that's what it feels like. And I stop and I go, let me take it a step back. I want to write about something. Like, it just basically said, take Spring-Heeled Jack Sherlock Holmes is enough of a presence that you don't need Springheel Jack in there. And there's a level of insecurity for you wanting to put that extra thing in there. Because it's like, I've got to have this. It's like no better than the kid that brings his teddy bear, favorite blanket, uh, favorite pajamas, favorite everything. Like he like has like three suitcases to spend the night at grandma's house. And that's what it becomes. It becomes cumbersome. So for me as a writer, letting go of the superhero genre, so to speak, I've become a horror writer. And what I've become is 
I've seen my writing completely shift and go in a completely other direction. And that has been very, very, very different. And I'm hoping by this time next year I'll have a couple of horror stories um, available that I'd be uh, that I'd love to come back on and uh, share with the, the listeners. And uh, that well, that would wait. be that'd yeah, be awesome, that would be Don. amazing. I, and you know what? At this point, though, unfortunately, we do have to wrap things up. Crystal's got another show to do. <laughs> I do. I've got to jump uh, on Skywatchers. And, uh, uh, let me plug real quick the mind of com. That's go ahead. Please. I got you, Zod. Don't you even worry about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have done. It's like I'm sorry. It's what, it's what happens when you have radio hosts on radio shows. Yeah, just like, let exactly. me just plug real quick. Let me not even let you say what you need to say. TheMindOfBCS.com, That's where you can go and get the Star Wars fanfic that Zod Ryder loves. Um, it's free on the site and then I'm also doing the audio books up to chapter 7 is I'm doing chapter hopefully every so couple of weeks you said chapter 8 didn't you Wait, I'm, up to, I'm up to chapter 7 I'm up to I checked oh, okay. I thought I was a ch- I, I've recorded chapter 8 and chapter 9 I just need to put in the sound effects and that sort of thing so they're coming they're there Sonarchy book 3 is also coming I've put up little snippets of Sonarchy the book as I'm writing it actually on the website so you can check that out if you go to the writing blog um, and that's completely raw unedited the stuff that writers aren't supposed to show anybody I was like screw it I'm just gonna do it so <laughs> I don't know how much I I'll continue because I don't know if I want to spoil people. I don't know if you want to be spoiled, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. Well, but that's I'll, it. So I'll have I, you back I have on to... after I've read your Sonarchy books. I'll bring you back here. I, cool. Yeah, Let's, I, you know I, what? I, I've I got your emails out. I will send them to you tonight. I will. I will start reading. I, I can't wait. I'm excited. I, I feel bad that you know. I read your. I loved your Star Wars book, but I haven't read any of your original stuff yet. So That's I feel okay. A little bad about no that, worries. But. No, I'm happy that you read the Star Wars thing. I'm serious. You did. You did. You made my day. And thank you so much for having me on. I love you and Victoria. I love your show when it when it's on. And uh, I've listened to some of your archives, and it's a really great show. Even if you do like Batman versus Superman, I forgive you. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you for thank you for both for being here. Uh, it's been a it's been a very fun show. You know, sorry about the technical issue, and you know what, we will be back next week. Good night, I like everyone. Batman. I like Batman versus Superman too. Awesome! <laughs> I don't feel so bad. That's a great way to cap off the night. Thank you, Don Smith. Good night. <laughs>